TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show that focuses on people and organizations making a big difference here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us to start today's show, my good friends from the Dallas Police Department. We've got... Robert Munoz, he's the manager for Public Safety and Communications, uh, Community Engagement and Operations Bureau. Plus, we got Sergeant Reginald Luster, and we got Jennifer uh, Abbott with the uh, Community Outreach Program. How are you doing, Jennifer? I'm great. Good morning and Merry Christmas, everyone. Good morning, Muni. Good morning, Rich. How are you guys doing? <clears throat> doing good. Thank you again. Happy holidays to everybody. Yes, and speaking of the holidays, Reg, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. Speaking of the holidays, and this is Christmas Day. Can you talk to people about staying safe for the holidays, especially uh, Muni, about, you know, with their family, maybe with their friends, maybe hanging out, and it's kind of cold outside, things they might want to be careful about because nobody wants to get pulled over? All those are good uh, good questions, Chris. Uh, you know, one thing that we really emphasize is about just being safe during the holidays. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people right now are shopping, right? We're at the North Parks. We're, you know, we're doing our shopping. Most importantly, secure your, your belongings. Don't leave your belongings out there in the, in the uh, for it's so visible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, go in pairs. You know, we always recommend we always walk in pairs, you know, because, you know, we just want to be cognizant of who's around and, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Be very, very careful. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, if people are going out and hanging out with their friends or with family and having a few drinks, be careful about driving. You might want to get somebody to pick you up, Uber maybe, or have a designated driver. No question about that. <clears throat> you know, that's why, you know, that's why we have all these Ubers and all that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, get, get, have that friend or family member be, be supportive and, and get, you know, make those decisions for you. If you know you're going to be drinking and celebrating during the Christmas holidays, get somebody to drive for you, get your designated driver or get, get an Uber. You know, that's why they got all these companies out here, you know, they're going to be busy work this weekend to say the least. Right. And you've got, family and friends, and sometimes people get into it and things will break out, and the first thing they do is call the police, right? Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. And also the road rage. We also we want to emphasize that, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you start drinking and your emotions are a little high. Ignore it. Right. Keep on driving. Don't don't Don't, don't, don't engage. Don't you engage. Don't you have no idea what the other car is carrying. You Absolutely. have no idea. Exactly. Is there any other thing about like maybe the kids, playing it safe with the kids? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, like I said, when the kids are out there, you know, you know, like I said, we we want to make sure that they're, you know, like I said, working, you know, they're playing together. Uh, you know, I know, you know, they're, they're not roaming the streets by themselves. Not the, no, yeah, it's, it's, be with a family member. Exactly. Be when a doubt, you know, you know, obviously, everybody got their phones. You know, you know, just let mom and dad know where you're gonna be at. 
That's yeah. the number one thing because yeah. a lot of times people just want to know where you are because somebody wanders off. Everybody's watching a football game or they're with family and friends, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, uh, Sarah's gone or, or, or Johnny left the house, and you just keep up with everybody. We just ask you to do the little things because it is the holidays, and people are out and about a little bit more. And yeah, and that's what I, you know, I, I emphasize with to my, to my, my girls. You know, I got an 11-year-old and a 20-year-old, but, you know, I expect them to be responsible. Right. And that's it, you know, and we do. And, you know, uh, people are getting gifts this time of the year as, as well. You mentioned shopping and whatnot, but they're also getting the gifts, and sometimes they want to try out the gifts. Are there some things they need to be careful about as far as uh, being around people that they don't know with their new gifts? They're just there. You're going to have people. Common sense. That's common sense. Like I said, that's why I said we always recommend go in pairs. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, we, when you're walking, we're walking in a lighted area. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be walking in the dark. You know, I mean, I think North Park is pretty good in terms of lighting. Uh, we do have officers assigned to a lot of the, the uh, North Park. Mm-hmm. So there's visibility, invisibility in terms of public safety, you know, law enforcement. So we, you know, we appreciate that. But again, it's just always working in Paris and have your phones and, you know, have your keys ready. Right. You know, that's it. Be ready to get to into your car and don't leave your belongings in front of them because, you know, don't leave everything open up in the public. Now, I mentioned the families, but there's the party people, too. Kids are back home from college. A lot of people out in their 20s looking for the club, looking for the bar, getting ready to hang out with their friends. Uh, we we mentioned Uber, but they, they got to be careful out there too as well. Just, like you said, w- stay with your friends. Don't get too intoxicated. Just be aware of your surroundings, right? Yes, and you know that's what I'm saying. Get get one of your loved ones. Get a family member to drive you. Mm-hmm. If you know you're going to be the partier that night, you know, I say, hey, listen, I need somebody to be the, des- the designated driver. You Just know? that simple. That's it. That's real simple. You know, you guys sort of strategize before y'all go out. And also be careful about those drinks because sometimes they'll sneak up on you. That eggnog, it, it, it tastes so good, but it might have something in it. It might sneak up on you. That's why, you know, you're going to get a taxi right here. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're like I said, they're going to be busy this weekend. You know, do you guys have a lot of people get arrested during the holidays? Is it is it more so than like, say, I mean, I'm talking about the holidays in the wintertime, like more so than, say, Fourth of July or Memorial Day weekend or Labor Day weekend? You know, I'm sure it's uh, the numbers do spike. I mean, mm-hmm. but like I said, I think just pushing out this education safety awareness campaign campaign tells you, hey, Dallas Police Department is, the Dallas Police Department is out here to watch for right. y'all. Make sure you guys are in, you know, for your safety and your well-being. Yeah. But also it's about that accountability. Be responsible when you're, you know, you're out there, you know, yeah, just think holiday. about it a little bit because nobody yeah. wants to have to bail you out. No, no. <laughs> nobody wants to spend the holidays looking for old, old Floyd and having to bail him out. No, no. So be careful out there, everybody. Uh, Jennifer, you're here with us, and you got some programs that DPD uh, Community Outreach is working on right now. End of the year and the first of the year. Yes. Coming up, January 2023, we're going to be highlighting a Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Um, our office, the Office of Community Engagement, is going is working right now with our vice unit and Sergeant uh, Luster, and we are working to get out our Blue Heart DFW campaign. Now, what is the Blue Heart DFW campaign? This is an awareness program that allows us to educate the community about human trafficking. Oh, okay. Um, it allows us to get information out on uh, the Blue Heart dfw.com mm-hmm. if you go to that it has information uh resources that can assist you and since we have uh sergeant lester right here can you enlighten us a little bit more about this program because i know this is a very big topic and a lot of people want to make sure that they don't lose somebody that they love 
That's correct, Chris. Uh, the Blue Heart uh, DFW.com campaign focuses on human trafficking. And unfortunately, human trafficking affects everyone, uh, every age, every ethnicity, mm-hmm. uh, every social uh, uh, or, or a sexual orientation group. And uh, around the holiday times when people are with their families, where you're celebrating families and you're celebrating the holidays, this is a really, really important topic, I think, to talk about, not just within the police department, but with parents, with their children, and with their families. You know, you mentioned families. And when I think of human trafficking, I think of, of teenage girls. Am I being limited in thinking only teenage girls? Because uh, when you say human trafficking, and you mentioned all kinds of backgrounds, is it the majority teenage girls or is all kinds of people? Well, the average age from what we have seen that of, of a person that enters into, so you have human trafficking, and let me just kind of separate you. Human trafficking is, is two components. There's sex trafficking and labor trafficking. Oh, yeah, labor. Right. So when we talk about sex trafficking, the average age is about 15 that we see young ladies entering into that particular uh, uh, situation. situation. Right. Yeah. And, and, and before we get into the labor, the teenage girls, like you said, a 15-year-old, are they abducted or are they uh, tricked? In other words, I've heard stories of maybe some girls um, talking to some guy and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they get caught up and they don't hear, their parents don't hear from them anymore and they're basically working with this guy or, and this guy has several girls. Or is, it, or is it they just get abducted off the streets? Well, that's kind of the misnomer, but really a lot of the uh, individuals that are part of the sex trafficking, they know the trafficker. They've either met them online, they've met them out. So the trafficker is a predator. So they mm-hmm. are specifically targeting young ladies, and they look for different uh, deficiencies that the person may have economically. If they don't have the money, then they offer them gifts. Uh, and that's just a way what they call grooming. So mm-hmm. grooming is identifying with something that maybe the, the young lady, or in some cases uh, men are also victims of sex trafficking, that they will provide for them, shelter, food, clothing, money, and then over time, they get their confidence, they, they, they get the, uh, the, the commitment to them, that they feel loyal to that trafficker. Mm-hmm. And then they flip them to where now they're saying, we want you to get out and uh, be involved in prostitution, sex trafficking. So, Sergeant Lester, you work with the vice unit, and mm-hmm. you've probably run across all these situations. Um, is there a story that just, I know all of them break your heart, but there's one story in particular so that people can be aware of how, how serious this really is? Yeah, one, one story in particular, there was a young lady. She was around uh, around about 18 mm-hmm. or so, 18 going on 19, that uh, one of our undercover officers had picked up on a prostitution arrest. And what she had said was that she made sort of an outcry. An outcry is where she's you know, telling the detectives, telling us, that she is a victim of sex trafficking. She's been forced through fraud, forced coercion to do this. But what she said I thought was very um, heartbreaking is that nobody was looking for her. In other words, there was no one calling oh, no. to report her as missing. There nobody was no the family. Yeah, there was no, uh, have you seen my daughter, filing a police report. And so she was abandoned, discarded. And she felt like this, what she was going through was better, meaning being trafficked by her sex trafficker, the abuse that she was uh, suffering, the physical as well as the uh, the mental abuse, was better than her previous situation. Because nobody seemed to care. Nobody seemed to care. In her mind, nobody cared. There was no support system. There was no family structure that was looking for her, and she felt discarded, unwanted. 
So I guess the number one thing for those who care about their families and their friends is to make sure if somebody's missing to file a report. It is. And it's really that that family structure. You know, some of us take for granted when you have your mother, your father, or just one of the parents, but just that whole family structure of relatives and friends Mm -hmm. that do care about you, that when you make decisions or choices, uh, even if you're venturing down the road where you're not sure because of this person, that they're able to come and talk to you and give you some guidance and and some support. But again, a lot of cases, often these young ladies feel like they are abandoned and that their situation is better than what they're dealing with now than what they came from, whether that was an abusive family relationship and now with the abuser because of it's sort of that love-hate that they have with them. You know, Mm -hmm. they call it the honeymoon effect where there's abuse that takes place with the trafficker and then they do something really nice for them. They're providing the basic needs. You know, we sucks take, them into the relationship. It takes right. When you talk about food, clothing, shelter, those are just basic needs that we have. But a lot of these individuals are runaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, no one's looking for them. But they don't have that. So when someone is willing to offer that to them, they're more than, than able because of their condition to accept it. Have you had a chance over the years to offer of a tip to save some of these these young ladies. And and when you do, can you describe some of the situations? Is it like a house full of girls? Is it just mm-hmm. one or two girls? And the guys that you get, are you able to just take care of it right there on the spot and get these guys off the street? So we do work with, when uh, we do certain operations where it is uh, planned out with our undercover detectives, what we do often is that we will provide or have uh, uh, NGOs, which are non um, Profit organizations, A twenty one is one. New friends, new life, and we try to have. So I have a, we have a victim outreach that works within my unit, uh, which is a civilian. That when these young ladies, or when we do come up on these young ladies, they're trying to match them up with victim services to provide that trauma informed services for the victim. A lot of them suffer, or have, I guess, uh, issues with uh, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's always housing, there's mm-hmm. clothing, there's health care issues that they have. And, and self-confidence, I'm sure. Self-confidence is, is a big part of that. So we do try to, when we come across them, we do, uh, at times, we will call ahead to get some of those agencies either on-site so they can immediately, once we have contact with the young ladies, uh, they're detained, that they immediately are there, the nonprofit organization are there to try to provide those services uh, for them. And if that is the case, then we will allow them. They will not be arrested. They will, mm-hmm. they will, uh, because it's more, we're looking at the holistic approach of the young ladies, not just simply putting a charge on them because you sort of re-victimize them over and over if you're right. doing that and you're not addressing the, the needs. So the Blue Heart Dallas campaign, uh, working with uh, uh, Robert Munoz and Jennifer Abbott, the community uh, affairs unit, is sort of helping that. And as Jennifer mentioned earlier, you know, we're talking about a holistic approach, faith-based leaders, the community right. leaders, as well as even hospitals uh, and uh, nonprofit organizations. Because it takes a village. It really, really does. That, that may sound like a cliche, but it mm-hmm. really, really does. If everybody's looking out for each other, mm-hmm. some of these situations are minimized. It may not completely wipe it out, but it minimizes it. And it allows these things get nipped in the bud. You mentioned labor mm-hmm. trafficking. Explain what that is. So labor trafficking, often what, so what normally happens is uh, when you start looking at type of labor trafficking is uh, individuals that, knowing there's like a labor, uh, a language barrier, mm-hmm. right? They come into the U.S., uh, they are either tricked, forced, or coerced. But now say, uh, in order to pay off your, your debt for coming over here, this is what you have to do. 
So the labor trafficking is, again, where certain industries, like in the restaurant industry, domestic uh, servitude industry, uh-huh. that they're being forced to work, often for no money at all or very little. Right. right. And so, so basically they're being coerced by saying, if you don't do this, we're either going to send you back or we're going to turn you in or you're going to whatever. There's, there's something over their heads. So what they will do is that the threat of deportation mm-hmm. uh, is what they will use uh, or the threat of harming their family, which oh, in some yeah. cultures that they come from is realistic. That may happen. Mm-hmm. So they will comply because of the language barrier, because of, the, of, of being here. In some cases, they may not be here legally, that they're the threat of being deported. So that is what they kind of the trafficker will, the labor trafficker will hold over the, the individual's head. And like I said, you sell a lot of those. This is not to say specifically in these industries, but you sell a lot of it mm-hmm. as, again, domestic servitude in the restaurant uh, industry that you may, that you may, and even like in construction, you oh, may yeah. run across that. You know what? It's so funny you mentioned that because I remember a few years ago, there was a Major League Baseball player, a pitcher, mm-hmm. and this guy, you know, pitchers can make millions and millions of dollars. He had over his head, there was a, a group that said they were holding, and he's from Cuba. Mm-hmm. They said they were holding his family hostage in Mexico, and he was stressed out because literally they were coercing, they were getting all this money out of him because they they were telling him, "We've got your family." Mm-hmm. So the family threat is for real. It is real, and they realize that again. In certain cultures, that is a not only is it real, it is actually uh, taken out and done. You know, where there, there is harm and some in some cases severely to the family. So they realize that. If they don't, because of that fear, because they're being, again, coerced, that they're being uh, tricked. And, and often what we've seen where they will respond to ads mm-hmm. that someone will place in a newspaper here, they'll respond to it, and then they're tricked. We had one case where it was uh, uh, someone responding to cleaning houses. Mm-hmm. They came to uh, the location that they were asked to clean. Housekeeper. Housekeeper, and then they were immediately forced into so it was under the, the, the pretense of labor trafficking, but when they came in there, they forced them into prostitution. Oh, wow. They made an outcry because of language barrier. They mm-hmm. were afraid to call, but eventually they reached out, called the police, and uh, the police responded accordingly and made the necessary uh, arrest and investigation for that. But th- there are a lot of cases that go unreported because of the fear mm-hmm. that takes place. And that is more the, the sadder part of it. Uh, is that a lot of these individuals, whether it's labor trafficking or sex trafficking, feel like they have no other choice but to do what they're doing. Yeah, out of fear and psychological extortion, basically. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. we're talking to Sergeant Reginald Luster, uh, Jennifer Abbott, and Robert Munoz. And you're in the vice unit. When did you get into the vice unit, and what type of special training did you have to do other than you know be a, a member of the police department? So I've been on the police department now for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I transferred into the vice unit back in 2018 of October is when we restructured the unit. Prior to that, the unit had temporarily been, um, uh, uh, I guess, shut down. Mm -hmm. And I came in 2018. We got the unit back up and going in 2019. And a lot of the training, it it, for me, has really taken, I guess, sort of a, a paradigm shift in this way. Prostitution, as we know, has existed forever. Right. And not just Dallas, Texas, but in the All United the States. World. Yeah. And so you, you ask yourself, well, why is it that you, you know, you do enforcement, which means you put police officers out there, you make arrests. But as soon as you take those young ladies off the street, you have a same, if not higher number, a, approach in the same area. We know there are parts of Dallas that are just 
historically known for that activity. Mm-hmm. Harry Hines, Walnut Hill, Shady Trail, Royal mm-hmm. Lane area in North Dallas. And so the part of it is, as we start talking about not just enforcement, but taking the shift where we're working with uh, nonprofit, non, uh, 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 nonprofit organizations, again, A21, New Friends, New Life, you start hearing stories about survivors mm-hmm. that were victims, but now they're survivors. And you understand that it is not just the arrest that is the solution, but it is the trauma-informed services that the police department alone has to have a partnership. Exactly. Uh, and it's, that's part of the community outreach, right, Jennifer? Yeah, You're absolutely. trying to make sure that people are aware. Yes, and we have a lot of plans for January to do just that. Well, our goal is to engage the public, mm-hmm. educate them, and, and with that education, empower them to make appropriate decisions. Um, and to be aware, again, of their surroundings and all that's going on. Um, we are going to highlight our month um, beginning on Wednesday, January 11th at 1030 in the morning with a partnered uh, press conference between DPD and the North Texas Coalition Against Human Trafficking. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing that at headquarters. Um, each of our teams, we have a great, great community um, engagement team, and they will all be uh, reaching out to the communities throughout the month. Additionally, um, our Outreach representative Mr. Kim and Dr. Yan will be working in our Asian communities mm-hmm. on January 28th. They'll be at the Dallas Chinese Community Center for the Lunar New Year celebrations, and they'll be distributing human trafficking information there. Um, we also have, um, this is a little bit further on, but March 5th, a teen safety seminar. Uh, we'll be working in our Native, um, our Indigenous and Native American communities. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing a girl talk. Uh, Dr. Yan, she has... Uh, Spearheaded a girl talk program. Oh, good. Where for teens, we're going to go in and we're going to have conversations about what does human trafficking look like? How does this? How do they reach out to you through social media aspects? Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's believe it or not, and for people mm-hmm. know this by now, social media is so strong, and there's so many things on there that you may not be aware that your kids are aware of, whether it's bots, bullies. Um, People you think that are friends and they're not. People disguise themselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's misinformation out there just to lead people on. And your kids, there's no filters. No, and that's that's a problem. That's what we try to get um, through to the teenagers, mm-hmm. boys and girls. Yeah. It, you may think you're talking to a 16-year-old. Um, a classmate. A classmate. Yeah. And it could be very well somebody... Um, across the country. Yep. It could be uh, a trafficker working to groom you. They they prey on, um, again, as Sergeant Lester described, they prey on people that maybe low self-esteem or they're having issues. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can take care of that. Right. Here, let me talk to you about that. And they build, uh, they try to build a relationship with them in that way. Uh, so that's part of the Girl Talk program. And we're hoping to get information out to our teen girls um, through that particular program. Um, Senior Corporal Allison Brockford and Officer Megan Skykes will also be doing uh, coffee, uh, coffee and conversations on Katie Trail. It's called Coffee, Cops, and Canines. Okay. They'll be doing that on um, actually coming up here um, on in the Friday, January 23rd on Katie Trail. And they'll just be talking with available. the public. Available. Yeah, they're um, available. Have a conversation. What does that look like? Um, what does... Uh, human trafficking look like. Sure. And you know what? I I love the fact that you guys are partnering with the community. It's not like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're not just protecting and serving. We want to partner Mm -hmm. with the community. 
I mean, Muni, I know you can talk about that extensively. I know you, because you've been, I've been knowing you, Muni, since you were with the gang unit back in the day. And you've always talked about, we want everybody to not fear the police, that we want to work with you and help protect you and make sure everybody's aware and, and, and partner. You know, yes, Chris, and that's a good point. Um, you know, that's why our community outreach initiatives, our community engagement initiatives, we have a team that has the buy-in, has a passion. Yeah, the it's buy-in. It's pushing out that messaging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think we have to change the messaging in terms of community relations, foster relations. Uh, it's about building trust and legitimacy. Yeah. Uh, you know, partnering up with all the NGOs, all these organizations, it's a partnership. Chief Eddie Garcia is very progressive in terms of our community engagement initiatives, and he believes in that. I really like that guy. Oh, we, I really yeah, like I, yeah, Garcia. In fact, everybody seems to love him. Yeah. So you know that, and that's just it. You know, when you have the support from your from your command staff, spin it, work it, and make it happen. And and, and when we don't expect anything less from our guys because they're amazing. But it's really about the the partnership and the collaboration. Mm-hmm. It's not just the Dallas Police Department. This is a partnership that we're on the same vision and right. the same objectives. It's like Ms. Jennifer Abbott just mentioned a minute ago, it's about educating, empowering, and most importantly, enhancing quality of life. And I think we do a pretty good job on that. I think you do. And that's why I have you in the studio. Jennifer, is, are there some other topics that we needed to get into for the community to, to know what's going on with the DPD? Well, yeah, and we encourage everyone to uh, get on to our blueheartdfw.com. We will be having dates posted to keep you updated. And if you get on there, you can see some of the different events that we'll have going on throughout the month of January. Um, again, our Unidos team, they're going to be coordinating a human trafficking awareness event with, again, one of our partners within the city, Mosaic Services, Noel mm-hmm. Mendoza. They're going to be creating a, a, an event there throughout January. And we're going to have those details, again, on the blueheartdfw.com. You'll not only be able to get resources there, but you'll be able to get the list of the, and the dates and events times and all the uh, pertinent information you'll need to join us. That is fantastic. Reg, we got you in here. You know, I was mentioning, you know, I've been no Muni since he was with the gang unit and you did some things with the gang unit before as well. We were talking off the air and, you know, a lot of people, they think, okay, you got different kinds of gangs here and they're all representing wearing a certain color clothes. And you said it's not like that no more. Yeah. I mean, you know, that tattoos, everything evolves as far as over time, you know, how, we combat crime, how we identify uh, victims of crime. Uh, and, you know, we have to stay, we, meaning the police department of all the agencies, have to just kind of stay up and aware. But when we have a collaborative effort with the community, they help us as well. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about uh, faith-based leaders, when we're talking about community leaders that are involved in the community, they're the ones that know exactly what's going on. If there are gang issues, if there's issues right. with crime and what type of crimes, by having that direct partnership, it aligns in, as you mentioned, Chief Garcia, it aligns in with our crime initiatives because we are addressing the crime that the community is identifying the same as what police are doing. Right, yeah. In fact, that everybody in the community knows as well as better than the police who's acting out or who's what's the trouble area. You're trying to resolve things before someone has to get arrested. Yeah, and so having this partnership not just where police are thinking where we know what to do. We're having a partnership and we're having these continued conversations and relationships established to where we want the community to feel, I guess there's a key word I want to say, trust, Mm -hmm. is that if there is trust within the community, within the police department, within all of these other agencies that that make up that holistic approach, uh, non-faith-based leadership, 
then it allow us to be very effective in how we deal with crime. And crime is not just arresting, but there are other things that you have to provide services for. Again, clothes, clothing, shelter, that may be a driving force toward there is crime to take Right, place. right. And like you said, especially with the human trafficking, whether it's labor, whether it's sexual, these are things, it's like they're preying upon the needs, the basic needs of people. They are. And you mentioned earlier about technology. And traffickers will use technology in a number of different ways. Social media. Social media. Mm-hmm. And they will either uh, either exploit or they will uh, recruit, meaning that, as uh, uh, Jennifer was saying earlier, you know, when you're talking to someone online, you are assuming, if you are a younger person or just an adult, that that's the person. So they'll use yeah. different techniques, phishing or recruitment, yeah. where they'll get you to, to reveal information, where you live, what school you go to, and we've heard the sad stories of, of individuals uh, being lured out of their home mm-hmm. because the trafficker drives up, and then it's not a 15-year-old kid. The trafficker, he's an adult. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, that individual gets in the car. and You don't see them anymore. You don't. Or, or you see them if they're changed, and they're not the same kid that you raised. Right. Basically. I, I, I don't want to scare people, but that's really what happens. That is there. what happens. You know, we, what I— would encourage parents is to be aware of and have conversations with their children regarding social media etiquette. You know, you don't want to share inappropriate photos. Right. You don't want to befriend strangers if you don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I know for parents, my daughters are 26 and 29, so they're adult age. However, with technology on their phones, you know, all that kind of information, it's just sort of being aware of the social sites that they're use, utilizing. Exactly. And that's just a way that traffickers can infiltrate without the parent even knowing what's going on. Exactly. It's, it's almost like being aware, if you're a parent, it's almost like being aware of, you mentioned phishing scams, mm-hmm. about, you know, even with businesses like getting your identity stolen or, or fake credit cards or gift cards, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you get duped. Well, imagine your kids getting duped but getting caught up in either gangs or getting caught up in trafficking situations. And that's what we're trying to advise people about. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, is there anything else we need to know? let everybody know, the website where they can find more information? Yes, again, we would encourage you to go to blueheartdfw.com. This website is going to give you a comprehensive uh, list of the information that and resources that are available. Um, if you are being trafficked or if you know someone or suspect that someone may, they're going to be able, this information will be able to, to help you and assist you in uh, seeking appropriate uh, help. We will also have a list of all of our dates throughout the month of January that we will be hosting um, or conducting events around. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Human trafficking awareness. That's fantastic. Man, before we get out of here. You want everybody to stay safe for the holidays, right? Be <clears throat> careful out on those streets. Oh, yeah. No question about that. Like, especially tomorrow, you know, the, the temperature's changing. Oh, yeah. Check on your loved ones. Check on your neighbors, your, senior, your, your seniors that live by themselves. Mm-hmm. Make sure their heaters are up. Yes, yes don't forget going. about the seniors. Yes, please. Please, I really encourage that. You know, if you know your neighbors, please get involved in it. Make get sure to know your neighbors. they got the temperatures in the house warm. And next weekend on New Year's weekend, it's supposed to be cold. I mean, it's going to be warm outside. Yes. It's going to be cold. <laughs> Make sure everybody's taken care of. In other words, this is the time of the year, the time of the year to be with family and friends to check on them. Absolutely. And we can, again, we can't thank you enough, Chris. Uh, again, on behalf of the Dallas Police Department and Chief Eddie Garcia, thank you for allowing us to push out this safety component and education awareness. We, you know, that's what we do. Thank you for driving by Muni, Reg, and Jennifer on Better Living. And joining us right now in time for the holidays and to go woosa. And everybody, take advantage and take care of your mental health and wellness. Our QPR specialist, Ms. Fonda Bryant. How are you doing, Fonda? I'm doing well today, Chris. How are you doing? I am doing well. Happy holidays. This is airing on Christmas Day. So what are your Christmas activities? Well, to be quite honest, I just really rest and just, you know, just hang out with family. Mm -hmm. But I might be by myself this time. But, you know, the thing is, is that I just am grateful just to be here every day. So I use that time because I'm not working just to really rest and just re-energize and just enjoy my time off. That's really what I do. Well, I'm glad we have you on because sometimes people get lonely in the holidays And sometimes people withdraw during the holidays and sometimes people feel left out during the holidays. And we want we need some advice for people who should really pay attention to family and friends who may feel lonely. And also we want to dispel some rumors while we're at it, too. Yes, we do. Well, I have been, you know, As we get closer to the holidays, I have been putting up helpful information on my social media to help people during the holidays, because I think I read somewhere on Mental Health America, they said, all everyone is not merry and bright. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. Um, You know, people go through a lot during the holidays, but I will say this, I'm going to dispel this myth right off the bat. More people do not die by suicide during the holidays. That is a big myth. More people actually die by suicide during the spring and early summer. And really? I don't know exactly why. Yes. Everybody always, I remember when, before I got educated on mental health and suicide prevention, it was always told more people die during the holidays because, you know, during Christmas, but that's not true. More people die in the springtime and early summer. And they're not exactly, wow. they don't exactly know why. Wow. But, you know, I, I guess because a lot of people, you know, they hear about family and friends getting together over the holidays from like, you know, November and Thanksgiving all the way through, you know, Christmas and Hanukkah and all the holiday celebrations up the end of the year. And they usually feel like, well, maybe there's some people who are left out or some people are isolated. They can't be with their family and they feel sadder. So those things do happen. But people 
I guess don't get pushed to the brink, I guess, during the holidays. You know, I guess it's just such a uh, a busy time. And, and like I said, we don't know why that more people don't die during this time of year because it's more of a family oriented, get together, give presents kind of thing. But, you know, you still have to look out for people and be kind. And yes. I, I'm going to tell you something, just because people are your family doesn't mean you have to put up with crap or put up with them during the holidays. And I think sometimes it's like trying to force a round circle in a square peg that people automatically assume during the holidays, it's a given. You got to hang around family and you do not, Chris. You no, do not. It get, uh, they may be related to you, but they're not family. <laughs> no, they're not. And I'll tell you something. Then when you, and you know, people sometimes fester over stuff that goes on during the year. Mm-hmm. So then you get together during the holidays. Don't expect people to say, oh, okay, we'll just put that under the bridge. It's no big deal. You throw in some alcohol. It's going to come out. You got that liquid courage. And yep. the next thing you know, you saying stuff that you shouldn't yeah. say. And it's big arguments and fights and everything. So what you want to do is make sure you have a joyous holiday and be around people that you actually care about and feel comfortable with. Or like you said, it's okay if you're alone. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something. You have to do what's best for your mental health. Right. You really, really do. And I'm very aware of who in my family triggers me, who I need to take a break from. And it's okay. Let's say you have a family member coming out of town that you really want to see, but they're staying with relatives that you might not always mesh with. Mm -hmm. Call them and say, hey, I'm not going to come over why you know that whole big get together but let's make sure we get together while you're here let's go to lunch let's go to there dinner you, go. you do not have to go around your family there because you they go. can be toxic there you go i i totally understand what you're saying cuz sometimes you know like you said not all of the family are family they're they're related to you but that does not <laughs> mean you get along and like you said the number one thing anybody could selfishly do in a good way is take care of yourself Take care of yourself first, and therefore you're not going to be a burden to anyone else. And mental wellness is the most important thing you can do to take care of yourself. Make sure that you're in a good space. Yes. And so I have put up some helpful hints over the holidays, and I'm going to keep repeating those. I'm going to give you a couple. Learn to say no. (laughs) That's, That's number one. Yeah. Number two. Again, spend time with people you enjoy. And I will throw in this. Spend time with people who are good for your mental health. Right. Spend time with people who are good for your mental health. Number three, act responsibly. Be responsible. You know, like I said, if you, you know, if you're around people and you might not be around them, just be responsible and you be the bigger person. I know that doesn't always sound right, but sometimes you just have to let things go. Exactly. Just let things go. And be aware of that. Yeah, be aware of that. Sometimes just say to yourself, okay, I'm going to have to let that one go because I don't want to get triggered. Just let it go. Do everything in moderation. And that is very important because right now I was talking to my son this morning. I said, people have sat up and overspent. They've gone into their mortgage payments, their car payment their, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, rent, whatever it is to, to put on that act that everything is fine. And I'm a big spender. Do things in moderation because January is rolling around. And to me, January to me is the most depressing month. Of oh, all. boy. It's, gone, it's cold. It's gray. And then you you set up and spent too much money. And then those bills are coming in and you're like, how am I going to pay that? Right. So do things in moderation. And people a lot of times think giving gifts and, and being lavish is, is the way to go. No, it's not. No. In no, fact, you not. know what? 
you don't even have to be lavish. You just be creative. Put on your thinking mm-hmm. cap and make something your own. In other words, let the person you're providing a gift to feel like it's something special only from you. Only you could come up with this. Not necessarily the most expensive thing, but something that's unique. Exactly. Like, for instance, I have a dear friend of mine as a coach at my high school. Mm-hmm. She just had a baby. So I told her I'm going to give her one free night out, you know, a date night. Where there she you go. go. You're going to babysit. You're going to babysit. Yeah, babysit. And I'm going to give that to her because I'm going to get the baby a gift. But I'm going to put that in there. One free babysitting. And that's that's a huge thing. It really is. You can't trust anybody nowadays. So mm-hmm. to find somebody who you can trust to watch your child. See, you can do little things like that. Yes. And and again, you can do stuff like that and not worry about those bills showing up in January, which may get you depressed. Exactly. And this is very important too. This is number five. Okay. Maintain a healthy routine. Don't change your routine uh, for the holidays. Stick to what you do. Like for instance, I'm not changing going to the gym. And thank goodness Christmas is on um, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that's really not interfere with my gym time because I'll be right back in there on Monday. So if you have a healthy routine, stick with it. Don't change it. Now, if you're traveling and things and you say, Hey, I can't get in the gym, go for a walk, right? Do some exercises inside dance, but don't change your routine. Because one thing I I will tell you when I was in that mental health facility, and when I talk to people about it, I tell people all the time, a mental health facility and a, a regular hospital are the same. The only difference is it was very structured. Mm-hmm. We had a routine and I live by routine now, eating at the same time, going to the gym, at, trying to go to the gym at the same time. So stick to your routine. You'd be surprised how much that will help you. Can you also talk about be careful with the alcohol now, you know, because sometimes people will get drunk. And all of a sudden, they become sad drunks. Yes, and mean ones. And mean ones, yes. Oh, boy. Yes, mean ones. I remember growing up, I can't stand that song, Please Come Home for Christmas, because (laughs) my family used to always drink and get drunk, and then they'd be sitting up hugging and kissing on you and telling you how much they love you. I hate that song. Mm. So, again, you might have somebody who's coming out of this in recovery, So you also need to be mindful of that, too. But if you're somebody in recovery or, you know, alcohol is one of those things that can push you to become a person that you don't want to be completely avoid it or do it. Like we said, do everything in moderation, but don't let people force you to drink, especially if you're in recovery or, you know, you're in recovery. Don't. Well, I just want to drink. It's not going to kill you. It could. So please be mindful of your guests. You know, if you poll them if you need to, but don't sit up and, and have alcohol there and you know someone might be in recovery or they have a problem with it because that's a yeah. problem. So make sure that you you can ask in advance. That's right. In fact, that's the, the great thing to do if you're a host or hostess. Ask in advance because you want to make sure everybody's all right. Yes, you want to make sure everybody's okay. And then let's not forget, Chris, you can be held legally responsible. Oh, yeah. If somebody gets drunk in your house and goes out and has a car accident. Just like a bartender at the bar. Exactly. So people be mindful. Ask. Because to me, when you set up and ask in advance, that's being very responsible. And that's also caring about the people who are going to be around you and in your household. 
We're talking with Fonda Bryant. She's a suicide prevention activist, and she's also all about the mental wellness, especially during the holidays. Because, like I said, a lot of people get together in the holidays, and not everybody is in the mood. And we're trying to make people feel light and livelier. I think you gave some advice to someone a few years ago. You said the best gift you could give someone over the holidays is being around for them. You were talking about those who were possibly thinking suicidal thoughts. And you were talking about how the greatest gift you could give your family is being there, just being alive. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Because I thought thought that was a, a great story, especially for this time of the year. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it came across my timeline on the 16th of uh, this month. Um, oh, Chaz IU. Chaz IU. Yes, sir. The yes, Brigham sir. Young football player. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, it came across my timeline on December 16th that it was his birthday. And then um, my dear friend, James Brown, with CBS had done um, a little story on us. And it just really made me realize how grateful I am that I was trained to know what to look out for and not to be afraid to ask him that question. Are you suicidal? Do you have a plan? And to be able to get him help. And so when that rolled across to his birthday, he turned 24 on Friday. And then here we are going right into the Christmas holidays. No gift can match the fact that that young man is still alive. And he's doing well because I think about what the alternative could have been where for his birthday, first off, I don't even know if they would have even celebrated Christmas ever again. Yeah. And just to think about the fact that they could have been going, taking flowers to his grave on his birthday or Christmas, but instead they had a best gift of all that he's here, he's alive, he's well and they're able to celebrate another Christmas with him. And that, I mean, it's just truly a blessing. So that's why I tell everyone, treat people with empathy, compassion, and kindness, because you never know what someone is going through. And also don't be afraid to ask that person. If you see some signs that you think something's wrong, don't be afraid to ask that person. Are you suicidal? Do you have a plan? And if they say yes, be real, be willing to get that person help. And if they're reluctant, you still be persistent and let them know, I care about you. I'm here for you. Let me help you get help and help them find help. But people just don't really realize how much caring, simply caring can save someone's life. And you cared about someone you didn't even know about. Let me tell a little bit of background on this story about you and Chaz IU. Seriously, Chaz IU is somebody you didn't even know. And CBS Sports' own James Brown did the story about you. And I've, I've talked to you about this a number of times on this show. But you were just, I think you saw one of his social media posts. Was it a Twitter? And, and, you, and you, uh, you sent him a DM or something about you. Did, he didn't seem right because they were going through some. Um, this was back in 2020, I guess, when you know yes. everybody, and he's biracial. And I yes. think people were picking on him during the social movement era, right after George, George Floyd's situation. Yes. Yes. And, you know, the thing was, is that the only reason why I followed the team was because one of my extended sons was a coach there, Coach Stewart, who's now at um, Oregon State. But I just kept following the team for whatever reason. And when they put up that social video, it was black, white, um, Polynesian, Mm -hmm. Samoan players in the um, 
the social justice video that they did. But Chaz was very vocal when he, I guess, when he started seeing what people were saying, because that's what I tell players sometimes. It's funny how they'll cheer for them on the field, but if they don't do something, if they take a stand or they don't like something that they're doing, they will blast them in a minute. And that's what happened. On social media. Social media, yeah. When they saw that video, they started roasting BYU players shut up play football black lives uh, black lives matter is destroying the family and so then Chaz posted something about it and and it to paraphrase it he said funny how y'all are cheer for us on the field but we need you to understand our pain not fight it in that tweet he didn't put I'm suicidal I'm struggling nothing but when I when I train people in the QPR question persuade refer suicide prevention training, I tell them they get spider sense. You feel very empowered and you just know, I can't even explain it. You just know something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just knew something was wrong by that tweet. I reached out to him and asked him, Hey, young man, are you all right? Are you okay? You know, it took hours for him to respond back and he responded back and he said, yes, ma'am, I'm fine. Thank you. I didn't believe him. I asked him straight out, are you suicidal? Do you have a plan? He disappeared for two weeks in the QPR training that says if the person is reluctant, you be persistent. So for two weeks, let me help you get help. I can help you. We can get through it. He came back two weeks later. He said, hey, let me ask you something. He said, my um, parents put you up to this. And I said, no, because at the time I didn't know his parents. He said, did the coach put you up to it? Talking about Coach Stewart. And I told him, no, I said, I knew you were in trouble and I wanted to help you. And he said, well, I need your help. He said, I'm dealing with depression and anxiety. So he and I started talking offline and he told me two weeks before I reached out to him, he was planning his suicide. So it was part divine intervention, but it was really the QPR training, the question, persuade, refer training and I train people in that gave me the tools to know that something was wrong and to be able to step in and stop him from taking his own life. And Fonda, this is what the work you do that's so important. And that's why I have you on the show so often. I think mental health and suicide prevention, these are some of the biggest um, illnesses or problems that people face. And it's like it's like people want to keep this stuff quiet when you can easily save someone's life if you're just prepared to, to recognize the situation. Yes. You know, the thing is, I always tell people, somebody asked me in training one day, they said, Miss Fonda, how do you keep yourself from not panicking when you're helping someone in crisis or suicidal because you are in crisis mode, just like you are if you were going to help somebody who had a heart attack or stroke. You are in crisis mode. Every second counts. So I told them, I said, it's very simple. Learn your resources on the front area and on the front end. I tell people, go to the NAMI site, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Y'all have a great one in Dallas, Texas. You can go to their resource page and pull the resources off that help you. Know that we have police officers all across the country called CIT officers, Mm -hmm. crisis intervention team. They've been trained 40 hours to help us with mental health, addiction, suicide. So if you if you or someone you love are in crisis, you pick up the phone. They'll say 911, what is your emergency? You say this is a mental health suicide or um mental health suicide or addiction call. Please send 
a CIT officer, not a regular officer, a crisis intervention team officer. Their job is not to draw guns on us, not to take us to jail. It's all about the escalation and helping us. And they do a wonderful, wonderful job. They are all across the country and people need to know about them because they are different. Not saying that regular police officers don't know how to help us when we're Mm -hmm. in crisis, but CIT officers have been trained 40 hours. They meet people with mental health conditions. They go to mental health uh, organizations and NAMI is instrumental in getting these officers trained. So it's all about knowing the resources once you know that person needs help. You know, knowing that someone needs help and, and, and you always, whenever I hear about someone losing their life because they took their own life, it, I would get a lump in my throat. And the reason why is because I know these things that you talk about and it always dawns on me, wow, if only someone around them knew these things. And I'm going to give you a quick example. My father, who was in his 80s, he sent me a text and said, Twitch died. And I said, Twitch died? I was thinking about the social media app, actually the, the thing that gamers are on where they kind of you know play video games together on Twitch. I was like, Twitch? And then he goes, yeah, Ellen's DJ. I went, Ellen who? He said, Ellen DeGeneres. Now, I've never really watched Ellen DeGeneres' show. I know all about her. I know all those different things, but I've never seen her show. He said, he's the guy that whenever she starts dancing, when she starts her show, he's the one that starts it off. And I said, okay. So I just thought he just died. And, you know, I didn't go into too much detail because it was a text. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Then my daughter, who is 18, she said, did you hear about Twitch? And I said, yeah, I heard he died. And she goes, no, he committed suicide and he had a wife and three kids. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I think he was probably 40 years old. Can you enlighten us anything you know about his situation? Because I know, like you say, you got those spidey senses. And you, when you hear someone of notoriety taking their lives, I'm sure you know some background on it. Well, you know something, to be quite honest, I didn't know anything about him. But I'm going to tell you what I was doing when somebody came and showed it to me on their cell phone. I had just got finished training 30 high school students and QPR suicide prevention training for youth. I just got finished with that. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, teachers at the school came and showed it to me. And I was like, oh, and I said, I died by suicide. And I said, that's, you know, that's terrible. But I didn't know who he was. Right. So as the day went on, I started getting more and more texts and things. And then when I saw the story and somebody had posted, this is what Twitch was doing 24 hours before he died. Um, And people, you know, had that conspiracy theory because if somebody's happy and upbeat, they cannot possibly be depressed and take their own life. And they possibly could. So I want the listeners to know something. There were a couple of warning signs. And I had actually taught that when I was training the students. Mm -hmm. And I teach this when I'm training adults. He did a couple of things that that were red flags that I'm going to hurt myself. I'm not going to be around here much longer. The first one was he called his grand he uh, text or called his grandfather and said, I love you. And his grandfather said, where did that come from? That was him telling him goodbye. Closure. That was him telling him. That, goodbye. Was, the, that was closure. I, yeah, that's closure. I teach people in the training. I said, if somebody comes up to you and says, I love you. Thank you for being a great friend. You need to ask him, are you all right? Are you okay? Are you thinking about hurting yourself? Especially if it's random out of the blue. Yes, especially if it's because my extended son 
who uh, graduated with my son at Wake Forest, mm-hmm. he did the same thing. He called someone and said, I love you and I'm going to pray for you. And he died later that day. So you need to watch those signs because it's not as plain as people think that we're flailing our arms saying, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. It can be something very subtle. Another thing that he did, that's why you have to listen and you can't be judgmental. He said, I read where he said, I had H-A-D, a good life. I had a good life, not I have, or I'm having a good life. I had past tense. He was telling people he was going to die. He was telling people. And one other thing, this is what happens once we make peace with what we're getting ready to do. And I teach this in the QPR training. We're in a tremendous pain from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. I can even, I try to describe it to people. And to this day, I can never describe it accurately because I'm in, you're in so much pain. But the thing is, once we make that plan, we kind of snap back to who we are because the day that I was going to take my own life, I, I snapped back to who I was. I wasn't able to implement it that day. But I knew I was still going to do it because I was in so much pain. I was getting ready to order pizza before the police came and took me to a mental health facility. So when I saw Twitch dancing and laughing, it wasn't surprising to me because when I saw that, I said he made peace. In -hmm. his mind, he knew, just like so many of us, when we attempt suicide, that pretty soon that pain is going to be over with. But if somebody can come along and say, hey, let me help you get help. I will help you. We can get through this. You can get better. Because see, Chris, the reason why we don't come to people when we're at that at that level of suicide is, is simple. In that moment, we feel no one cares and no one understands. But the biggest reason we do not come to y'all is fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be judged because we already feel worthless, hopeless, and like losers. So if we come to y'all, let me just give you a quick example. Okay, so he, from the outside appearances, he had money, he had fame, he was a dancer, Mm -hmm. great health. But let's say he went to talk to somebody who was not educated on mental health. And he told him, he said, hey, you know, I've been feeling really bad. I'm really depressed. I'm thinking about hurting myself. I'm thinking about killing myself. First thing they're going to say is, what are you talking about? You have money, you have fame, and nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that in that moment. Mm -hmm. People ask me all the time, why didn't you go to your mother when you were suicidal instead of going to your Aunt Spanky? Because I knew my mother would be sitting up saying, just like she said when I was at the psychiatric hospital, you need to be stronger. You need to do better handling things. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hear that. We need someone who's not going to judge us and let us know you can get through this. I can help you. You can get better. That's what we need. And he didn't have that. But those signs were there. And I'm so sorry. Nobody picked up on those signs. And that's why education is so important with suicide prevention. Suicide is the most preventable death of all deaths through education and simply caring. You can save someone's life. You really can. Finding these words are so powerful, especially this time of the year, even though the suicide rates are not as high in December as they are in in the springtime. I, I, but you are around people. In other words, you may be around the people that you love, family or friends, during the holidays. And so you brought up some good signs for people if they're with those friends or family 
and somebody doesn't seem quite right, but they seem to be saying goodbye in a different kind of way. And just be aware, right? Yes, be aware. And don't be afraid to ask. It's also a myth. If you ask someone if they're suicidal, it increases the, uh, the chance of them taking their own life. It increases it. No, it does not. In the QPR training, it says, if you ask someone if they're suicidal, it lowers anxiety. It gives us a chance to open up and talk to you about it. And it gives you a chance to help us. But again, You can't be judgmental and something else. If someone opens up to you about that, please do not do that in front of family, friends, coworkers. Take them to the side. And if you can't do it in that moment, say, hey, let me know when there's a good time to talk to you or vice versa. But do not do that in in front of other people. And don't go run tail people either. Exactly. And let them talk to you. Listen. That One of the best things you can do is listen, not judge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, Chris, you just and it's hard for people. Sometimes we don't even need you to fix it. We don't want you to fix it. We Mm -hmm. just need you to listen. So sometimes you just have to sit there and listen and you'd be surprised how that would help. Because let's face it, Chris, we now have I know everybody calls out the crisis numbers, but we also have warm lines and warm lines for your listeners. If anybody doesn't know what a warm line is. That is someone who's not quite in crisis, and they might just need to talk to someone and work a few things out just mm-hmm. for somebody to listen. So not automatically do we go in. We're not always in crisis mode. So if you're going to talk to someone, please make sure you do it in a private setting and be willing to listen and not be judgmental. Don't think because they come from a certain area code. They got a, uh, they're educated. They got a great family, they got a nice job. No, that none of that stuff matters because mental health doesn't discriminate at all. Just make sure that you're willing to listen without judgment and willing to get them the help that they need. Because we can get better and we can recover and we can live a good life, but we have to be willing to put in the work every day. I put it every day. Every day. Fonda, a wealth of information, especially this time of the year. I want to wish you a happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Thank you. I wish you the same. You take care and be safe. And for everyone, as I always say, when I finished the QPR training, and I said it a little bit earlier, treat people with empathy, compassion, and kindness, not just during the holidays, but all the time, because a smile can hide a lot of pain. Thank you, Fonda. I'm Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and thank you for joining us. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations and individuals doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. So long, everybody. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.